This is Fast Forward, brought to you by Tech Manchester. Starting a business is exciting. It gives you the freedom to create your own routine, work on something you're passionate about, and have a positive impact on the world. But running a business is a roller coaster. There's the long hours, the unpredictable workflows, the bootstrapping, which can also make it one of the most stressful experiences that you'll ever go through. Sadly, anxiety and depression is all too common amongst business owners. So throughout October, we're dedicating this podcast to mental health in the workplace. We're talking with founders who've experienced mental health issues and the so-called burnout, as well as experts who'll give tips on how to maintain a good mental health and look after yourself during times of intense pressure. Standing in a tin shed, waiting for the van to come. Oh, friend. Welcome back to Fast Forward. For the whole month of October, we're exploring mental health in business. It's International Mental Health Day on the 10th of October, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to um, ensure that we were addressing a a number of different topics around this. Whether you're a founder or an employee, the pressures are very real, whether that's stress or anxiety, uh, to total burnout. Figures show that one in three people have experienced mental health conditions as a result of work. We all have times in life when it just gets on top of us and it's important to recognise the signs, feel able to reach out to colleagues or friends and if you're building a company, how you can create a workplace that is more mentally healthy for everyone. So today we have a very special guest in who's going to help talk us through some of those. Uh, Maria Mander is the founder of Mander Wellbeing and is passionate about inspiring people to make positive changes in their lives. Welcome, Maria. Yes, hi, welcome. It's great to be here. Thank you. So let's start with you. Um, You've also made a change in your life, leaving Mm -hmm. a career as a PA to start your business. Yes. Um, Talk to us about that pre-Mander Wellbeing. What were you doing and what had you seen and what inspired you to go, go out on your own? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've always been really passionate about well-being. Um, and in my previous roles in my jobs, um, I've done various things with companies to um, get well-being into the workplace. So in my last company, I had a lunchtime running club and I also ran a choir as well. Um, and then, what was your job, though? What were you oh, doing? Oh, my job. Then? Yes, I was PA, PA to the CEO. Okay. Yeah. And what had, what had kind of motivated you to start those clubs outside of your, because that's like extra stuff that you're doing outside of your day job. Yes. But you're doing it in work for, for your colleagues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was just my general passion for well-being because outside of work, I'd done like various qualifications to become a Reiki master practitioner and a life coach and um, a mindfulness tutor as well. Um, and when I was back in my 20s, um, I used to teach um, fitness classes after work as well. I used to teach aerobics and step. Um, so really, it's been a parallel career alongside my PA career. Oh, so you've been a, a what they call now a slashy. Yeah. Like, people that have the side hustles. Everyone's got a yes, side hustle in, yeah. in Manchester. Mine's umpiring. It's not a very not a very lucrative one. Um so in, in your role as a, a PA, and I imagine that's spanned across a variety of, of companies, um, you have seen a shift in in the workplace. 
Um, in terms of pressure, what have you seen in terms of um, what people are experiencing, both in your previous roles and in now in your new business, where you specialise in helping people? Yeah, sure. Um, well, throughout my career, I've seen um, a lot of burnout with staff, um, and particularly in the sales environment, I've seen people um, sort of leave a company and um, back then it was kind of that always on culture where you work long mm. hours and you had to be seen to, to be at your desk and, yeah. you know, not taking a lunch hour and things like that. Um, so I've seen a lot of stress in the workplace um, and a lot of people um, not being able to talk about it and um, always seen it as very career limiting um, if they had any issues. And when burnout happens, and particularly if you're talking about salespeople, how does it present itself? Like, how does it, you know, how do people, how can you tell that someone has experienced burnout or how yeah. might you even recognise it in yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, well, you start to isolate yourself, first of all, um, from people. Your energy levels dip. You start to become um, disengaged in your role, uh, lack of motivation. Um, you're unable to make decisions and you start to become, you know, un- unproductive as well in your role. Yeah, and I can imagine that that compounds a problem, particularly in a mm. sales-driven environment where it's no matter how supportive the company is, that's it, that's your job. Is yeah, yeah it's, it's the numbers are driving the business, and that's what you're targeted on, and that yeah. can then just create further um, pressure. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, what are some of the stats around that then? Like, can you tell us a bit about sort of some of the facts and figures around? That? Yeah, sure. Um, well, one in four people um, now will suffer from a mental health condition. Um, and that's in the workplace that equates to one in three people. Um, and that's resulted in 300,000 people actually losing their job um, to a mental health condition. When you say losing their job, do they leave or do they get sacked? Um, they, they actually leave the job. That is so, so sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot, I mean, these issues can be prevented um, if employers have got the right things in place um you know a lot of employers now have employee assistance programs um which i find are very underutilized because people don't promote them properly within the workplace and do you think there's a trust element there too yes there is i think there's a two-way thing i think it's not promoted enough and there is a trust thing as will this get back to my boss or Mm. is it totally confidential so that's up to the company to to communicate that but that's a really valuable um, tool for employees and they also have a counselling um, sort of line as well and you normally get about five to six sessions. And just so for the for the purpose of the podcast can you explain a little bit more about what an EAP is? Yes it's an employee assistance programme so they normally have um, a website with lots of tools, information, facts and things to support your well-being not just mentally but physically and um, they might help you give up smoking there might be information on there and mm-hmm. um, how to sleep financial well-being as well yeah because um, these are all problems that people have at home but you yes. bring them in to work yeah exactly they don't leave you just because no. <laughs> you've clocked in yeah and I think that's one thing to remember it's not always about stress in the workplace people have things going on at home as well mm. pressures so it's how you can help your employees you know do they need to work you know more flexibly or reduce the hours or assess the workload yeah and there's a there's a whole piece around hidden conditions as well isn't there that people are experiencing maybe illness which um, doesn't present itself as a yes. you know you've got a broken toe, I can see you've got a broken toe, or whatever, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's certainly a growing number of that, and it's surprising when you talk to people about that. Um, mm. You know, how many people then are open with you and say, you know, actually, that you know, this is what's going on with me, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, with stress as well, um, it manifests. So if you don't deal with stress, it will manifest into illness in the body. So 
stress is really bad for you. I think it causes about 95% of illnesses. So it's really important that you, you're you aware of what's happening both in your mind and your body, and then you're able to, to do something about it. So I'm very big on self-awareness and also prevention as well. So you're not getting to that stage where, you know, it's become an issue. I think that self-awareness piece is definitely key, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, the physical piece where it manifests itself, you know, things Mm. could be happening, you know, you know, you could be getting cold sores, you could be coming down with, you know, the the flu regularly. But you may not actually realise that that's, it's not a physical thing, it's not a nutritional thing or, you know, you know, a physical well-being thing, but actually Mm. it's it's manifesting from your, from your mental health. Yeah. Are there typical um, ones that, you know, like physical representations of stress? What would be the most common ones? Um, I think with stress, people can start to suffer with anxiety. So symptoms there would be um, sort of your heart beating really fast. You know, you've got knots in your stomach and you just start to feel overwhelmed and then you're not able to make decisions. Um, And it can be very limiting and stop you from carrying on your normal day-to-day things, even such as, you know, going to the shop, you know, to buy a sandwich. Yeah. So why do you think our mental health is suffering and why do you think that it's suffering maybe more now than it has in the past, I think? I think we're now an always-on culture. So if you look back t- to 10 years ago in the workplace, you, you may have worked long hours to say, you know, seven in the evening, but then you used to go home and you were able to switch off and spend yeah. time with your family. Whereas yeah. now when you go home, you know, you've got access to your emails. And I think we've created lots of bad habits where people are always checking the phones. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ofcom have stated that we spend an average um, sort of two and a half hours uh, just looking, you know, at a day. Our, yeah, a day, just looking at emails and, and social media. Um, so we need to be aware of our habits and yeah. how many of us kind of go to Half bed a day with a week, our phones. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and how, you're not spending it talking to people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to bed looking at our phones, mm-hmm. you know, then you're not getting a good night's sleep because subconsciously you're thinking of all the things you've got to do the next day. Yeah. When we wake up in the morning. It's the first thing we do. It's the first thing that people do in the first five minutes, you know, mm. horizontal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, looking I'm at the phones. Get out of bed. Yeah. 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 So I think that's contributed to it. And I think social media um, has also contributed to it as well. It's again, um, I think we're, um, social media is, is a fantastic tool. But then on the other side of it, I think people are always um, looking at, you know, sort of stars and, and, you know, sort of high profile people and, and trying to attain this life that's not possible. And I'm seeing that now quite a lot with young people. Um so it's really important that you just focus on yourself and don't compare yourself, you know, to other people. Yeah. You know, how far they're getting in their careers or they've got a bigger house, they're going on such a holiday and, you know, the way people look. I think we've become um, a little bit obsessed with that and I think we just need to get back to back to basics and just focus on your own path and, and yourself. Yeah, no, I actually watched on, well, ironically on Facebook, <laughs> mm. um, a little <clears throat> infra- infomercial, I suppose it was, in terms of, how um, that that stress can be created through social media. So it was like mm. a video of this couple who were doing a, oh, let's do an Instagram picture. And mm. it was like them in gorgeous clothes, looking really happy. And yeah. then it, then the video shot to another couple who were sitting watching that on their social going, oh, I wish I had those clothes and I wish I looked that mm. happy and I wish I looked. And then it shot dropped back to the original couple and it was like, oh, did you take, you didn't take the tags of those clothes. Did you we need to return them tomorrow? And then they were having yeah. a fight. And I was like, 
Yeah, it was just trying to bring to life that story is that kind of, you know, that comparison thing that's happening, yeah. um, particularly with young people. Mm. Um, but translate that into um, business then, like in social media, in business, you hear an awful lot about, um, more often critique now, about hustle porn. You know, people chasing um, these dreams of, oh, you have to be up at 5 a.m. in the morning, you know, I must and do my yoga and then like feed my cat and like get my mm. kids out. And then I've done 50 emails by the time it's seven o'clock in the morning. You know, and then, you know, the fact that they're working till 11 o'clock at night, it kind of goes back to that, the old days yes. uh, in business where you're talking about that sales environment where you mm. were just, you know, working long hours and never taking a lunch. It's almost like we've come, we're nearly in business, we've nearly come back full circle, particularly from an entrepreneurial point of, point of view. Mm. There's a perception you need to, you know, be driving yourself into the ground to be seen to be successful. What would be your view on that? Um, well, I'm, I'm quite the opposite. And I think you need to have a work-life balance to have the energy to um, be productive and do all the things that you want to do. Because um, th- that's what ends up, that's where you end up sort of burning out, really. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not sustainable, you know, in the long term. So it's about creating those habits and things that are sustainable, you know, f- for your lifestyle. So what kind of things as individuals um, can we focus on? What kind of things can we do? Yeah. Um, First of all, you need to get your sleep right. So Sleep Foundation says that you should have seven to nine hours of sleep every night. And that's the undisturbed sleep. That's not seven to nine going to bed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's got to be good quality sleep. Um, One thing I do recommend before you go to bed, I call it a brain dump. So if there's anything that's on your mind or anything you need to get done the next day, um, you know, just sort of write it down or make a list on your phone. So you've kind of got it out of your subconscious because it's normally those things that pop yeah. up and wake you up in the middle of the night. Yeah, that um, kind of... Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't remember that. I remember, you know, when we were first kicking off, we do the startup around in Northern Ireland and I literally could not could not sleep. And we constantly mm. wake up, oh, like, as a start in a panic, mm. thinking, oh, my God, I've got to do this. Oh, my God, I've got to do that. And then you'd be scared to go to sleep because then you wouldn't remember. Mm. You know, you'd forget to do it again. Yeah. So, yeah, it was <laughs> a learning to keep the notebook yes. in, the, in the bedside cabinet to just wake up, write it down and go back to... Yeah. Back to sleep. Yeah. So sleep, massively important. It's massively important because it affects everything. So I think the one foundation you need to get right with your well-being is sleep. Once you've got that right, um, you know, you're going to be, you'll have lots of energy, um, you know, because if you, lack of sleep as well causes diseases, you're unproductive at work. What happens then when you're feeling tired, you're too tired to exercise. Mm-hmm. You then normally end up drinking 10 cups of coffee to keep awake or... <laughs> You end up on the energy drinks, which are yeah. just really bad. So you end up with sugar spikes. Your blood sugar levels are all over the place. Yeah. So I say that sleep is absolute key. You know, it's almost like the domino effect, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, everything else will follow if you don't get yeah. a good night's sleep, yeah. which is the theme of the podcast. Yes, and it affects your mental well-being as well. Hmm. So I think if you get your sleep right, you'll then get your exercise right. And then you need to make sure that you um, eat correctly as well. So the whole point of eating is for nutrients for the body and, and mm. to give you to give you energy so it's making sure that you eat three meals a day um you know and, and healthy snacks you know in between um, yeah. and keep hydrated as well so I always call it um in my presentations I call it the golden triangle mm. you know so it's sleep you know exercise and 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 uh, nutrition and in, in within that then comes your mental well-being absolutely it kind of un, all, all of that underpins your mental well-being yeah um there's one thing I commonly hear, you know, it's like people talk about, uh, especially when they're talking to people who aren't in a good place, about just being happy. Mm. And um, it frustrates me because 
one thing that I've learned over time is that you can't just wake up one day and be happy. No. You know, if if there is unhappiness in your life, it's coming from a certain place. Mm. And you can't just... Being happy isn't a solution. It's an outcome. It, mm. Being happy is an outcome. And I think it's changing th- what you're doing in your life, which then the outcome is that you will be mm. happier. Um, in terms of people who might be in that kind of state of mind or in that mindset... What kind of things, you know, going back to your triangle and, mm. you know, the broader things, what kind of things can they do to to achieve sort of more happiness, I guess, in their in their life to have a better sort of well-being overall? Yeah, sure. Um, one thing I always say for people to do every day is practice an attitude of gratitude. So, you know, at the end of each day, write down three things that you're always grateful for. And that really starts to cultivate that positive mm. mindset yeah. um, and just really gets you to appreciate just the little things in life because it's the little things that always make a massive difference. Um, so it's cultivating that positive mindset and it's something you have to work at because our thoughts are predominantly negative. So normally about 80% of our thoughts are negative. Really? Yes. Um, and it's 80% of our thoughts are always thinking about the past as well. Um, 15% worrying about the future, which is not even here yet. That's, <laughs> that's a complete waste of energy. Yeah. And only 5% of our thoughts are in are the now. Forward. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And that's what I teach as well is, is mindfulness, is to be mindful. So just be more in the present moment rather than, you know, thinking about what's happened in the past because that's changed. You yeah. can only learn lessons from it. Um, and just stop worrying about the future because that's just a projected image of what you think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And more often than that, it doesn't. And then I think to be happy as well, um, I think you have to look at your life overall. um, And if there's any problems, you know, you need to nip them in the bud um, and anything that's not working for you to recognise that and and to make those changes. Yeah, just comes back to starting to be aware and accepting those because I think sometimes you can feel a bit paralysed by some of those things. Yeah. Um, Quite a few of the people who will listen to the podcast will be entrepreneurs themselves. Mm -hmm. You're an entrepreneur. You run your own business. Yeah. Um, And business leaders who will be um, either starting to grow a business and thinking about maybe hiring and bringing in employees um, for the first time or may already be running a successful business and have Mm -hmm. employees that they need to to look after. Um, How do they ensure... You know, I guess it's, I think when people talk about this subject, they automatically assume that um, it's going to it's going to have a, a, a cost. And number one, I think that's the challenge mm. is that they don't see it as an investment. Mm. Um, but in reality, particularly smaller businesses where, you know, resource is difficult and more challenging. Um, how, what kind of things can they do to help like create an environment of positive well-being for their staff and the people that work for them? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the first thing is um, you need to start having those open conversations within the working environment and anything to do with well-being has to be driven from the top. So if you want to make those changes and create that culture of wellness, you know, people at the top have to be speaking um, about well-being and, you know, any issues that they've had and how they've overcome it. So if you're more transparent and you have those conversations, people will open up more. It then needs to be on agendas in one-to-one meetings as well. So managers need to be comfortable enough to have a conversation to say, you know, are you okay? Are you managing with your workload? Is everything okay at home? So again, you're kind of nipping those problems in the bud before they, you know, fester into something else when they can be, you know, easily addressed and sorted out. Yeah, I think it's really important to ask the the question that it's okay to answer it. Um, Yeah. But I'm 
importantly to be able to do something about it perhaps yeah. afterwards. Yeah. But it's removing the um, like the stigma as well, you know, mm. sort of surrounding it. So it's getting those conversations going um, and addressing un- any unacceptable um, behaviour um, or like stigmatising language as well in the workplace. What kind of things would that be, for example? Um, so, you know, people telling you to man up or, you know, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. just, just phrase- There's a whole gender issue in there as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just, just yeah. phrases like that, really. Catch yourself on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's okay to be not okay, is what they would say here on campus. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much support out there as well for businesses. Um, so, for example, you have the Time to Change Pledge, which is a charity that businesses can sign up for. Um, you know, uh, and again, that has to be signed off, you know, from the top. And, um, you know, you can put events on. Uh, they have a Time to Change Day. So there is there are lots of you know tools and support. Obviously, we've got Mental Health Awareness Week now in October. Mm-hmm. Um, so businesses can you know put events and things on um, you know sort of surrounding these awareness days to raise awareness within their organisation. Yeah. And it doesn't have to cost you anything. It can be little things like you know um, a cookie and a convo. You know, let's get together in the kitchen and yeah. you know just have a chat. I really like the idea of the sort of having that in your one to one and having that kind of check in. You know, particularly because it's a one, you know, it's an individual, it's a personal conversation with your manager that they're yes. bringing that to the table, mm-hmm. um, and that that's great, um, and it kind of can be an informal thing. But how can companies really, uh, I guess, put their mental money where their mouth is in terms of really making a stand and being very vocal about this whole element of mental well-being? Yeah, sure. Well, companies can raise awareness and they can put on workshops and signpost employees in the right direction, but. Ultimately, the employee's got to be fully accountable for their well-being. So one idea is to have um, a well-being goal as part of their personal development plan or appraisal. Um, So again, to help them to be fully accountable and also just to help them again, well, to to help, you know, signpost them again Mm. in the right direction and make sure that they are fully aware of all the tools and the support that the company have on offer as well. Um, And then I think as an organisation, you do need to have a proper wellbeing strategy in place, you know, that covers mental, physical, social, um, financial, and also the environment that you work in that needs to support your wellbeing as well. Um, And then you can put a programme um, in place around that. And again, building some of these awareness days, for example, Mental Health Awareness Week, um, yeah, you know, to, to sort of drive that awareness within an organisation. Yeah, because there's many people who probably won't even recognise that their physical well-being will link to their mental well-being or vice versa. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I guess those personal goals that you're talking about in a PDP, that well-being goal that mm. I will own, it might be that um, you know, I want to, I want to lose a bit of weight, or I want mm. to, and which ultimately means you're probably going to have to exercise, which is what that translates into, yes. which means that you'll then. You know, or I'll need to eat better, which will all then translate into better mental mental well being. Yes. Or it might be that yeah, I just want to be, you know, want to feel a bit healthier, or want to feel a bit fitter, or you know, I'd like to run a five k, or you know, any of those types of things that can that you can then own, I suppose, and then look back on in a year. Yeah, and then it's looking as an organisation. So if you've got, um, you know, a workforce that are all van drivers, you know, how can you get them to, you know, make mm-hmm. healthier food choices so <laughs> yeah. they're not getting a Greg's pasta, you yeah. know, on, on the run, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that. And they're looking at their Fitbits and they've yeah. done no no move activity all day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's different for different work environments. I'm yes. speaking from what I know, which is a, a workplace, a professional workplace where I sit at a desk, but I can get up from my desk and do something during my lunch break or before yeah. I come into work or whatever. But 
there's lots of different um, sort of careers and um, jobs, I suppose, which don't um, follow that kind of that's that pathway so yeah that's right and there isn't a one size fits all with this as well so it depends on your organization you know and the culture as well on on you know you need to ask your staff as well what they want there's no point putting a yoga class on if yeah you know people don't want to be doing downward dogs in the <laughs> yeah. in the leggings in front of the colleagues so yeah. yeah so it's asking the employees what they want as well okay yeah you think I think people are nervous about those um, when they don't feel it. They're equipped to have those conversations. But the Samaritans have some really amazing training online. I'm sure you've yeah. seen it, um, where you actually do these scenario based videos, and um, then there's the feedback from the actors who I think maybe are, I think maybe they're real people who are then like role playing a situation that happened and then talking about how it made them feel. I think, um, but there's it's there's Q and As and it's kind of like get the I wouldn't say gamified mental health, that's not what they've done, but, um, you know, they've created these scenario-based videos and then ask you questions after in terms of what you think the appropriate responses would be in those types of um, scenarios. And that's free and that's on a line. So for any business that wants to start out and doesn't doesn't have a budget to do it, you can access things like that. Absolutely. Mind is another great charity. So if you look on their website, you know, they've got an A to Z of all mental health issues, um, and they've got lots of, you know, support and free free tools on there as well. Yeah, which is for you as an individual as well as the business that might yeah, be looking absolutely. to help support and signpost. Yeah. And that's sort of, I think a lot of it is about helping support and signpost. Yes. Because we're not, none of us are claiming to be mental health professionals. No. And I'm, you have to look after your own mental health in that process yeah. as well once you start that journey. Yes, that's right. And that's what it's remembering. You don't have to be, you know, um, you know, a psychologist or anything like that. You're not a counsellor. Mm. You're just there literally to support someone and signpost them, you know, yeah. in the right direction. Just be a good listener. Yes. Yeah. I think the Barclays and This Is Me, forgive me, I think I'm pretty sure it's called This Is Me. That's a really nice um, campaign as well, but it links back to Samaritans. Um, but it's talking about kind of vocalising what you were talking about, talking about the whole conversation around uh, mental health because it affects people in, in different ways. Yeah. Now, we know prevention is better than care. Mm. Um, As founders and as business owners, we're really no good to anybody else if uh, we're not looking after ourselves first and foremost. Um, And we've heard from many entrepreneurs that have come in to talk to us here on the podcast about the impact that um, running, launching daily, you know, running a business, all the different stresses, the impact that it has on their emotional and and personal lives. Um, For them... How do we help them prevent, you know, burnout and and that kind of you know stress, you know that those kinds of stress, unmanageable stress levels that can sometimes, you know, what it's like, Maria. You've, yeah. you've, you've had your own business. You know, how how do they? How can they do it? Or what kind of things can they do? Yeah, I think the first thing is you've got to develop that self awareness. You've got to check in with yourself every day because your mental well being will fluctuate on a daily basis depending mm-hmm. on what's going on, um, and then it's having those tools really in place to support your well-being so you know are you exercising um you know do you meditate do you need a a walk in the garden or Mm -hmm. do you read or have a soak in the bath so you need to create some time for you every day as well um and there are 24 hours in a day and we always complain there's not enough time (laughs) but again it's just bad habits you know don't go on your phone for half an hour and take that half an hour for you to go and do something um, and it's making sure that you stay connected as well to your family and your friends and you've got, you know, a good network around you. Um, and I think as a business owner as well, it's important that you've, 
got people around you as well? You, you know, are you in certain networks and, mm. you know, have you got a mentor? Yeah. Have you got somebody there to support you um, as a business owner as well? Yeah, no, I think because I think probably they may feel more than anyone that they can't talk to people that work for them about the challenges that they're having because they're meant yes. to be the person that's holding the umbrella up and stopping everything from raining down and everybody below. Yeah. Um, I think Paul from Sigillo, I've heard him talk about um, his um, mental well-being journey. I think that's one thing he does. You mentioned it about checking in with yourself. I think he has a scale. Yes. Of, of one to seven, I think it was, he said. Yeah. Um, well, I always say on a, you know, on a scale of one to ten, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, and if... If you're only a two, what's going to get you to a ten? Yeah. Um, so it's just recognizing. Or if I'm a two, why? What have I done? Yes. To make me feel like a two today. Yeah. So I can imagine there's a lot of twos out there today after a crazy, yeah. sunny, hot <laughs> bank holiday where they didn't lay off the booze. And but yeah, it's a bit common sense going. You know, I don't feel so great today. Well, I didn't yeah. eat well. I didn't sleep well. I, I drank loads. Partied mm. hard. You know. So it's kind of maybe being kind to yourself sometimes to go if you do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, again, it's just little things like looking at your diary for the week ahead. You know, <laughs> don't cram too many things and don't cram like, you know, a work event every single evening. Yeah. You know, so it's just... It's, it's <laughs> I'm just... only laughing, Ray, because I'm thinking about my own diary. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just little things like that, just to yeah. make sure you're not burning yourself out, that you're, you know, and also holidays and taking time out are really important. So yeah. if you feel like you're on a downward slide... You know, just take a day off, have a spa day, have a golf day or yeah. even a duvet day to watch some box sets. But just do something for you that's going to recharge you and, you know, get you back on the right path again. Yeah. Um, when um, we've talked about it uh, a little bit about talking about your mental health and it's good for you as an individual, I suppose. But how good is it for others, you know, to talk about your mental health, good and good and bad? Well, for example, myself, I've suffered with anxiety and um, that was one of my inspirations for setting up my business as well. Um, and I was quite embarrassed at first because I thought, well, I'm the well-being person and I'm sort of suffering here and I kind of know what to do. But again, I don't think I was self-aware enough and didn't really catch problems before they became serious. Um, and I ended up suffering so bad. Um, I went to bed one night and thought I was actually going to die in my sleep because I just felt like I couldn't breathe properly. Yeah. Um, so how did, when you look back now, how did how did that all come about? Can you see how that happened? Or yeah, it was just a series of events and things that happened. And again, I don't think I was, I don't think I had a grip on the situation. Um, so again, I think that's why the self awareness, um, I think, is absolute key um, and nipping problems in the bud before they become serious and um, just your mindset of, on how you view situations as well. Um, and just knowing that there's always help and support, you know, if there's a problem, there's always going to be a solution to it. So it's just finding that solution. Yeah. Um, so what I did, um, I was very brave and I kind of... Uh, when did you realise, was it that night that you went to bed and thought you were going to die? Yeah, absolutely. When you realised that's a crazy thought? Or yeah. Or what did you think? Yeah, I just thought I need to get some help here. So I yeah. took myself off to the doctors. Um, but after that, I wrote um, a piece for Anxiety UK and wrote a blog and then I posted it out on Facebook, which was admitting that, you know, hey, I've got a problem here, mm. um, which I was quite nervous about. But I was quite overwhelmed by the response, um, particularly of other people that had been suffering, um, you know, and don't really talk about these things. Yeah. Um, and really, I don't think, you know, people talk about mental health and, ooh, you know, there's a lot of stigma around it. But if you broke your ankle, you'd go to hospital and get it fixed. So if you're struggling in some way, you know, mm. why be embarrassed about it? Yeah. You know, so we need to start talking about these things and 
get rid of this taboo of, you know, yeah. mental health. Because um, it's not a, a label that you're going to have for life. It's just something that you need to no. that you need to manage. <laughs> it's just a thing, like everything else. Yeah. How did you? So when you posted the blog and you had that response, how did that you move from there back into a place of wellness? Then, what were your steps that you took? Um, some of the things that I've spoken about, really, yeah. uh, making sure that I exercise and um, took time out for myself. I know now when to stand stand back as well when things do get overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so I am really, really self-aware now and I have lots of certain measures. Um, I call it my toolbox. I dip into things. Yeah. Um, What's love, in there? Tell us. Oh, um, I practice meditation and mindfulness yep. every single day. Um, I go to um, a lovely local park near me every day with a nice lake, even when it's snowing, raining. <laughs> that's my switch You're in luck this summer, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of rain. <laughs> So that's my switch yeah. off time. I make sure I exercise. Yeah. I surround myself with positive people. Um, I'm very lucky that I've got, you know, a great family and a good set of friends. So it's making sure that you keep perspective and you keep that balance in life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, life's too short, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so if um, there was one key action that we could all take away and do today, if we're not already doing it, what do you think that one should be? The one thing is you've got to check in with yourself every day. You know, how are you doing and, and what can you do to, you know, live a happier um, and healthier life? Lovely. Um, Maria, I've really enjoyed um, talking to you this afternoon and hopefully um, some of those tips and, and guides and advice will help the entrepreneurs get a better night's sleep. Yes, thank you. Thank you. If you feel that you may be struggling to cope or would like some advice on how to improve your mental health, there are links to a variety of support groups in our show notes. Please check them out on SoundCloud or iTunes. Hey.